Grizz Nation's favorite outfitter is the M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. And now the M Store has a brand new location in downtown Missoula. Come check out the new storefront located on the corner of Higgins and Broadway. The M Store in Missoula has been your Grizz Gear headquarters for more than 10 years, offering some of the most original University of Montana gear you'll find anywhere in the Garden City. Next time you're downtown, swing in. Come by the M Store today and wear what the Grizz wear. Or shop online at MontanaMStore.com. Montana's only daily sports talk show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! We started talking about it probably in May, and then all of a sudden it is here. It came and snuck up on us, and we didn't learn a damn thing. Welcome in, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. My great friend Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, somehow uh, weathered and weary here in studio with us. I'm telling you, the night games are fun for everybody on that side of the camera. It was fun for me, except for it messes up your sleep cycle so bad, and as you get older, uh, it's crazy. But regardless, here we are. October 22nd has come, and it has gone, and I don't know if we learned anything about the pecking order of the Big Sky Conference. I think, I think we saw four really good teams battle it out. I thought we saw four really good teams that knew there was a ton riding on the line. I think they had four really good teams that were feeling the pressure of the magnitude of the matchups. And uh, two of the craziest games I've seen, period, in my 16 years covering the Big Sky Conference. And uh, it was on the same day, and they both involved the Montana schools. Unbelievable. Montana uh, loses in overtime, 31-24. And Montana State, this was seriously single craziest game I've ever covered in my career. They beat Weber State 43-38. So we're going to go through all that here during the Montana Football Hour uh, live on Nuanas Now. We're also going to give you as much uh, high school stuff as you can because it's that time of year. The playoffs are upon us for high school football. We have now cross-country in the rear view. Congratulations uh, to the Missoula Hellgate girls. I know we have a lot of people on the specific radio right now, Western Montana listening. Big time for Hellgate to go win their first girls cross-country state championship uh, since 2018. We'll give you some playoff matchups as well. Give you the three big things about both uh, Montana State's victory, Montana's loss, and then we'll also talk about what all of this means for the scope of the season. Pretty crazy. Hour number two, Marty Mornaway will be in studio with us to talk all things NFL. Uh, I think we can officially start having the conversation about some of these quarterbacks maybe truly being washed up, and what does that actually mean for the NFL? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers did not look good yesterday. we got to talk to Coach Marty about it. We'll also have our contenders and pretenders for the first third here uh, of the NFL season, so a big uh, Monday show for you. That's your show, Outlook, presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have in Western Montana, give Brent and his team a call. Has hey, anyone checked in on Brent after I mean, Saturday my night? My gosh, man! <laughs> I, 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 we're going to get into it. I, I, I've been thinking about this all day. This is the time, and I know there's a lot of people out there that are Grizz people right now that are licking your wounds. There's a lot of people out there that are Bobcat fans gloating a little bit. It was a huge weekend for everybody involved. That including the Weber State Wildcats and uh, Sacramento State Hornets, but. I thought you could just tell, like watching the sidelines on ESPN2 for both Sac State and Montana, I thought you saw two teams that looked really tight. I thought you saw two coaches that looked really tight. It was interesting the amount of pressure for just mid-October games. This I mean, Jay Hill had to take a minute to compose himself before he did his post-game interview with me because he was visibly very upset. I told him, I said, Coach, I understand, like, Four snaps out of the back of the end zone, four safeties, unbelievable. I, you you got to take your time, but regardless of that, here we are on a Monday. This is what we live for, man. I mean, it was, again, I think that's the number one point. We didn't learn anything from this. I think that we have no defining pecking order of the Big Sky, except for I think we, we have a Grizz team that 
needs to answer some questions. What'd you think? Without a question, I think that I, I watched every snap of Weber State Montana State because we were sitting around waiting all day, and obviously was at Montana Sac State as a national voter, as someone that is so tuned into the Big Sky Conference. I was curious. I, sure. I wanted to know how are these teams really ranked. Everyone had their own opinions for different reason. And I still sit here today, and we said it two minutes before we went on. We didn't learn anything. The top for sure. four teams, I still think it's a notch in their belt. I still, I went going into the weekend, I thought the Big Sky had four of the top six teams. And really right now, there is a big gap to me between the top six and everyone else as far as who is a legit national title contender. And I still think all four of those teams are. I was really impressed with facets of Sacramento State. Montana had to totally change their game plan in the second quarter and beyond. That, that's just something that's not even being talked about because well, of the call. And I think that's exactly right. I mean, I think that the, the headline from Sunday is going to be the, the fourth down conversion that Sacramento State was awarded. We'll get there. We're going to get to those details in a minute. But the Grizz had to alter their... Oh, the, first of all, the Grizz came in with a completely ulterior game plan to control the clock, run the football. A la Idaho from well, the previous week. I mean, looking in a mirror as Andrew Houghton wrote on Skyline Sports... Uh, Idaho did to Montana what Montana used to do to teams, and then Montana looked like the Montana of old against Sac State, running the football, milking the clock, 15-play, 88-yard drive to open up. Uh, it was interesting to see, but then Lucas Johnson gets knocked out. I mean, there was so much drama that went on. Uh, so we're going to get to all of that. But just uh, quickly, some of your high school updates from over the weekend because it is a big time of year. One of the games we talked up all week, Helena Capital. They take down Helena High. That's one versus two in a Capital City crosstown. Uh, Capital wins 13-3, to so they're the number one seed out of the West, the number one seed overall. Home field advantage throughout the playoffs for the Capital Bruins. Helena High, though, still uh, gets a first-round bye. We'll get to the playoff matchups here in just a minute. The Hellgate girls won their first double-A cross-country title since 2018. The Bozeman High School boys won their first since 2019. Crazy, because that was a dynasty of all dynasties. 12 uh, AA championships in a row for the Bozeman boys. Uh, also, a cool story, the Hardin girls, which have been a great story in this state uh, during the cross-country season. They rolled to the Class A girls title. So we'll get into all that. We have a River Sea Runners coming up later on this week. Um, and we'll do some more high school stuff. Uh, as well, but for those wondering, your first round matchups this upcoming weekend. Hold on, there's sure. one result. Did Glacier really put up 84, 84 points? 84, man, on Hellgate. Grady, Ouch, Grady Bennett. Come on, man. I know. 84 right? points? Here's here's the thing. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to d- defend anybody or whatever, but r- because we know Brian Sloan well, he's a good buddy of ours. Uh, he's an assistant there at Hellgate. They were so down to... I mean, they had like 20 guys left Gosh. by the end of the year. I mean, Helga has some good athletes, man. You just, it's impossible to get through a football game when everybody's going two ways, three ways, doing it all. Uh, also, though, Glacier, I thought, had the toughest middle part of the season when they played um, Sentinel, Helena High, and Capital all in a row. They lost each one of those games by a touchdown. And they have a really potent offense that it's all in a rhythm. I mean... The girls should take some lessons. They should they should run Glacier's <laughs> offense, man. For real though, like when, I, when I'm thinking about yeah. like what the Grizz have personnel wise, they should just run a four wide offense and get the ball out quick. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Glacier's not a team uh, I'd like to play. I want to talk about these games. So we're going to get to some high school stuff later on. We got some sports centers coming up uh, that you can pay attention this to. This is as a well. day where we could go five hours. Uh, that's right. I know. I'm looking at the clock. I'm like, I only have 53 minutes left with Riley. I got so much stuff to say. <laughs> uh, we'll have tons of uh, high school updates for you. Uh, a little later on, but let's dive into the Montana Football Hour. It is presented in part uh, by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications is the official digital sponsor of Grizz Athletics. Also, uh, huge supporters of so much of what we do around here. Uh, we'll have a business angle with Justin Angle coming up later on this week. They're the presenting sponsor of that. And uh, also help bring you the Montana Football Hour with this guy, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, uh, each Monday here uh, on Nuanas Now. Um Let's just go in chronological order here, because um, I actually thought, is for as much as I bellyache about night games, having the games eight hours apart is pretty ideal. No matter which one's first or second or whatever, because I can watch the whole thing. Your brain can compartmentalize both I, I mean, games. I, I, yeah. wasn't, I didn't even check a Big Sky score during the game on Saturday. I'm like, well, I'm at the one game I'm interested in. I'm going to be home to watch the one I'm not. And with, the, with all due respect well. to everybody else, too, outside of the top five teams that have a chance, yeah. those other games, let's just say we're not having well, as keen When, when it was, when it was 21-14 would. Portland State in, uh, at the Kibbe Dome, I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, 56 points later for Idaho. And uh, Vandals remain undefeated uh, in league play. Uh, we'll start with the Cats. So, I- I'll put it like this. 
Tommy Mallott rushed for 273 yards and three touchdowns. That's the most rushing yards in a single game by a quarterback in Big Sky Conference history. He was the Big Sky Conference Offensive Player of the Week today. And that is perhaps the sixth most important thing that happened in this game. Yeah. Uh, it was a, a unreal game. I don't know how to put it in perspective other than to say I would bet every dollar I make for the rest of my life I will never see a game in which a, somebody snaps the ball out of the back of the end zone four times. It, it was it was like the Twilight Zone, man. I couldn't believe what I was watching. Well, and as the second one happened, you're thinking, okay, this is a fluke. Then the third one happened, you're thinking, man. this can't be real. And are they really going to put him out for time number four? And sure enough, they did. It, uh, the Bobcat Stadium uh, press box. Uh, so for, for those that didn't get the update, I was in person in Bozeman. Then we drove home and watched the uh, the Grizz game from Missoula. Riley was in person in Sacramento. So a little collaboration of the scenes at both places. Um Nuanas now, by the way, uh, Montana Football Hour, presented by uh, Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, your uh, Montana brand of banking. Um, where my seat is in the press box is right behind the Weber State bench. And uh, Grant Sands is the young man's name, sophomore long snapper for Weber State. And, you know, like they always say, they never know your name unless something bad happens, right? But uh, his first snap of the game actually was good. It was on the field goal that put Weber State up 3 nothing. So Tommy Mullott... Throw, gets crossed up and throws a pick on the third play of the game. And I thought that was massive to set the tone that Weber did not score well, a touchdown. And, and my whole pregame analysis coming into this thing, and I, did, and I had just done my whole pregame show, I said, hey, this is rainy. It's going to be low scoring. Um, you know, if you're a betting man, bet the under. <laughs> I not think so everybody much. did. I mean, they blew the under out of the water at halftime. They hit the over-under at halftime in this game because uh, it was so wild. But I had said that I thought that Weber State's combo coverage and their really experienced secondary was going to give them a lot, a lot of problems. Well, he gets crossed up on the third play of the game and throws a pick that's almost a pick six. Credit to him. This was actually an underrated play in this game. He tackled Eddie Heckard to save a touchdown. That doesn't happen. You know, I mean, this finished up as a five-point game. Maybe it's a little closer. But then the ball just starts rolling. But the the young man's first snap on the field goal was a good one. Then the first one backed up against the end zone. I mean, it almost went through the uprights. It was one of the most errant snaps I've ever seen. That was the most errant snap. I I can't believe he missed it so high and left. that. We'll get into this, too. But I was thinking by the third or fourth time, why wouldn't you at least roll it back? Rolling it back at least gives you a chance. I mean, th- sailed the punter every time. Right. I just don't know after halftime so, how you stick with so, him. Sorry. So, where my, so where my seat is, though, I, I can see clearly the Weber State bench. And, and in, in the Big Sky Conference, you travel, what, 70? Is that the travel? 64. 64. 64. So you have a half your team there. So there's a lot of room to watch. And so after the first one, uh, he gets down and starts – Snapping, and he looks good. You're like, okay, maybe the ball was just wet. Maybe that's why it sailed so crazy. Well, then the next one, out the back of the end zone. And then he's snapping, and he's all over the place. And then by after the third miss, the dude had the yips. And I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, dude, this is actually not good. Like, this is actually like a mental thing that's happening. You're forgetting the muscle memory that your body knows how to do that got you a full-ride scholarship. And, like, his face, it was horrible. And you could tell they were like... First of all, I think they wanted to get to half so Coach Hill could say, hey, who's had the most reps? You know, like, let's find whoever it is. But then the, he had one more snap in the second half. But at that point, he'd already been snapping next to three different tight ends. So then it was just in his head. I mean, everybody's coming up to him. I mean, it was, it was awful to watch, but also so unlikely. Well, not only that, right? This is the eight points that everyone's going to talk about, right, with it being a five-point margin. But how about the field position swings, too? Because Weber State had the ball. I remember one time, it, hard to keep him straight, the second or the third, bad snap. They were about the 43-yard line, and he missed so bad that the snap went all the way to the end zone. So not only that, every time that it flipped yeah. the field, gave short field, I mean, yeah. All of it came into play. Well, it eliminates one of Jay Hill's trademark parts of their identity. Weber State, much like Montana, likes to play field position. If if when their punt team's on, they have confidence that they're going to win that matchup and pin you deep, and then that's going to give them some levy next time they have the ball. Not to jump ahead on you, but that to me is my biggest takeaway. Two special teams wizards, one would say, or the top two special teams minds in this league. That's what cost both teams the game in essence. So. So everybody out there that's screaming and yelling about the Grizz special teams lately. <laughs> Someone's doing that? Just kidding. All I'm saying is <laughs> I watched three 
unmitigated disasters on special teams on Saturday. Weber State, uh, so here we go. So after the, the first long snap through the deal, Montana State scores a touchdown. Tommy Malott, 42-yard touchdown. His first of two really long touchdown runs. Then Weber State houses the next kick. Then they get a stop, and then they house the next punt. There's no less than three blocks in the back. But like I said, this is going to be the theme of the day. You can't let it get to the official ruining it for you. It doesn't matter if you're talking about Montana State giving up the punt return for a touchdown. Well, the kid, first of all, trucked R.J. Fitzgerald, who's Montana State's best special teams guy. So there's always an if and then a win. We're going to get to that with the Grizz game as well. But anyways, talk about special teams just being disastrous. I mean, you're talking, you give up a kick and a punt return for this in the same quarter. I want to know when that's happened. And the Cats have done that twice in a month because they did the same thing against Oregon State. But Weber, they can't snap the ball. They can't do anything. And then Montana, they're getting field goals blocked all over the place. I mean, all I'm saying is the problem is cumulative, folks. A lot of teams are reeling right now on special teams. It doesn't come down to one play. It doesn't. But you, Weber State, when was the last time a team had two kick return or, or two special teams touchdowns and lost? I mean, they only Unreal. net four points out of that because of the eight points they gave back. I mean, that game was beyond bonkers. It, it was at one point I, Weber had 17 points and they had run three plays and they had 12 yards of total offense. I, the numbers in each of these games, I think you said it on Twitter that the kids would say these days the game was drunk, right? Yeah, right. Bo- both games were just drunk both times. It just for sure. with the number disparity uh, all the way down the line, and then we don't even need to get to the the last possession. It all came down to it could have been a drop, fourth down, all of those things. Unbelievable, just wild game. I couldn't imagine being there in person. Uh, uh, all the way around, and you have to wonder where Weber turns because, uh, you know. You do have the explosive special teams plays. But you also have almost an impossible time to evaluate how you even played on offense because Montana State had the ball for stretches for 10 minutes at a time because of these short three and outs or whatever into the bad snaps into Montana State getting the ball in the safety. And we've been talking about this game for 10 minutes, and we haven't even mentioned the fact that Sean Chambers was out for the Cats right. and Davis was out, Weber State's Josh best Davis. running back. Yeah. So those two guys are out, but that doesn't even make the top 10 for storylines of what came out of that game in Bozeman. Unbelievable. They, they had a fumble on a punt right before half to talk about another special teams error. I mean, Montana State's long snapper, Tommy Sullivan, got the recovery of the game. So he's the hero when the other kid's the GOAT. Uh, it was just wild back and forth, up and down. Uh, it's known as now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining us here in studio. Uh, it is the ESPN MT studio at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. Uh, so then I get done in Bozeman. We make all our press conference stuff, try to get some stuff up on the website. And, uh, of course, right when we get on the highway, about 620, it just starts. I don't even know what you'd call it. It was like... The wettest snow, the visibility was negative 10. I mean, it was horrible. And so I'm on my computer. I'm trying to work. And every time I would look up, I would just get disoriented because it was just coming at us. My brother's driving. But uh, we had had a plan of being back in Missoula by 9. That wasn't going to happen. We were probably going to be back to like 9.30, 9.45. So I don't know if this you'll appreciate this or what, but... As I was seeing my life flash before my eyes, driving through Rock Creek Canyon, we're listening to Riley on uh, the uh, Grizzly Radio Network's affiliate out of Butte, a 94.1, is that what Copper it is? 94, Copper yeah. Copper 94.1. Great signal the whole time, as we're now burgeoning radio nerd. Loved it. <laughs> um, but just take us through this game, man. I mean, we'll get into some of the analysis with some of the, the three big things and all that, but um, the Grizz slow it down. Uh, the Grizz have a defined game plan. The Grizz slow stack state down, and... You know, even with Lucas Johnson getting out, knocked out about, what, 10 minutes to go in the first half, and Chris Brown coming in, still Montana leads 24-14 with about nine minutes to go, and then it all sort of unravels from there, and Sac State wins 31-24 in overtime. I will try to chronicle and unpack this in the shortest amount of time as possible because there were so many twists and turns, and I think I said it on the radio broadcast, it seemed like every quarter and inside of every quarter was a different chapter of what this game kind of unfolded to being. And Montana did have a defined game plan coming in of obviously keeping Sacramento State off of the field. I mean, yep. this matchup coming in was a top five offense against a top five defense. My main takeaway before we even get to Montana, 
Sacramento State's offense is as explosive and as good as advertised. Montana just did a really good job of keeping them off the field, yet they still scored 31 and had 400 yards of offense. I mean, it's crazy because Jake Dunaway actually played subpar for stretches in this game. They turned the ball over three times. Grizz had three picks, four, four turnovers, four takeaways over, also three interceptions, which is a season high, I believe, yes. right? Yep. Um, and Sac State just kept chipping away, chipping away. You can tell so much of it is a play count thing. Like, as soon as they can get into a certain play count, they can get to more stuff. Also, though, couldn't be more impressed with – and I know that so much of the story is about the Grizz giving up a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter – couldn't be more impressed with Sac State's resolve, their ability to respond, and couldn't be more uh, impressed with Cameron Scadaboo. I mean, Cameron Scadaboo is one of the most unique and special players I could ever – I mean, his his quickness in the hole and his explosiveness is always going to get the headlines. He also had some of the most ridiculous hands I've ever seen. Some of the punts that he was snaring off bounces and stuff. I mean, crazy athlete. Good catch on your part. That punt return, he, he one hand snagged it and turned a negative Unreal. 10 into a plus 15 gain. The little things matter. Scadaboo only got about 13 carries that he still had 100 yards. I, yeah. I like you, was so impressed there was with two, him. There was two different times where my brother and I were sitting there, you know, like oh, 12 o'clock at night, I've been staring at computers all day, like trying to comprehend. And we had to take it back three different times. There, his two most impressive runs get probably netted about mm, six yards. But he's taking two and a half, three yard losses and getting three. I mean, when he can spin in the hole and shake Patrick O'Connell or hurdle Robbie Halk, I mean, it's unreal. He stays so low to the ground. I mean, he's just 5'8, 210 is what they list him at. He he was as good as advertised. They are so versatile offensively that they're a nightmare for anybody. The only reason Montana had a chance was because they had the perfect game plan. And my my yeah. point of view of keeping them off the field, Montana long, sustained drives. Coulter in the second and third quarters combined, Sacramento State had the ball for around eight minutes was all. So Montana, they had to adjust. I think the, the big takeaway when Lucas Johnson was in, they were moving the ball effectively, and it was his legs. It was Lucas Johnson running again. First that's time the, we've seen that since the first two games. Yeah, and that's that's been when they've been at their most effective offense. <laughs> and then they tried. I, Chris Brown, you feel for the situation because he didn't really have those easy throws to kind of get in a rhythm, and yeah. it was kind of stop-start until the second half. He finally got going. He had the chance that Montana was just trying to hold on, trying to hold yeah. on. And Sac State give them a ton of credit. And whether it was planned, not, however you want to feel, to me, the onside kick was everything. Because that stole the possession that Sac State needed. Montana had it timed out perfectly where Sac State was going to run out of time. The onside kick was key. We'll get to the fourth down play, all of that. But the targeting call, I don't want people to forget that. Montana, that changed everything. And I don't want to be the, well, if Lucas Johnson sure. played, then this would have happened. But Montana looked different on offense for the struggles that everyone talked about against Idaho State and Idaho. They looked different for the 20 minutes he was on the field. Nuanas now ESPN Radio, Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, in studio with me, Coulter Nuanas. It is the Montana Football Hour, presented in part by the Advocates. When you've been in an accident, you feel like you've lost control. With no upfront cost to talk to an advocate, there's no risk in making the first step to taking control of your life again. The advocates help p- people injured by other persons' negligence every single day. Personal injury is all they do. The advocates have helped others win, and they will help you win, too. Visit them online at montanaadvocates.com. Uh, I do think that the Chris Brown situation is unfortunate, but I also think that Montana's just got to have a better game plan at quarterback because you want to have a dude, and they've had a dude. I mean, I'm trying to think. I was trying to think of the last Grizz quarterback, the last Grizz opening day starter who didn't get knocked out sometime in the season. I mean, Jordan Johnson. I mean, it's 2009. Been, it, it, I mean, it's been, been that a, long. It's been a decade, yeah. man. I mean, yeah. every, so you have to have a better option. You have to have another guy ready to roll. And at this point, you know, just from a straight up football, objective football analysis, Chris Brown is just ain't it. They got to figure out a way to get him ready or be more ready than he was uh, in that game. And it, it sucks for him that he's only gotten thrust into games on national TV against Eastern Washington and Sac State and James Madison. And, you know, I mean, those are high-pressure situations, but you also, you know, it's part of the game. you got to be ready for it. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Let's talk about the thing that everybody's talking about, the, the fourth down. So Sac State has uh, – they had a long drive – down into the red zone, and then the Grizz defense stiffened and forced a field goal. So Montana, after being up 24-14, now it's 24-17. Sack gets a stop. They get the ball back, but the Grizz... Onside kick. Oh, oh, right. Sack, sack. So, okay, let's start there. 
I, the, it's so crazy to try to keep these all of these things in order. <laughs> was it an onside kick or was it a squib that that hit? It was. The, to, it was. I, I watched it a hundred times on the replay. To Couldn't me, tell. now I didn't watch it back multiple times, but just being there in my instinct, I thought he targeted someone on the front line and absolutely hit it as hard as he could to try and hit Montana on the front line. So I think it was a calculated risk. Now, if I'm yeah. crazy, I'm crazy, but that is what it, it felt like to me right away that Sack knew they had to steal possession and they targeted someone on the front line and executed it well. Wow. I that, mean, that's what I thought. But. So so Sack gets the ball there, but then Montana stiffens up and they have Sack facing a fourth and 26 uh, back shoulder fade up the sideline. Great catch by Jared Gibson, but uh, then controversy ensues. Yeah, and they called it a catch on the field, and it was that's, that, that's the most important yes, part. It they is. called it a catch yep. on the field. So here's how replay works: you have to have undeniable, definitive evidence to overturn, and. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that is determined as. It still seems as if it, as it's a very objective or a subjective. Excuse me. I'm glad that you said it because I think now that phrase is being used at the liberty of whatever side you're on, right? right because it, right. even though that anyone watching that real time and yep. when you slow it down. There was foot out of bounds, and it set Sacramento State up inside the three. So just to break down the situation, three and a half minutes to go. If the if the call's incomplete, it's Montana's ball at midfield, essentially, with three and a half minutes to go, leading by seven. Yep. It said Sacramento State, first and goal with the three. They called it a catch on the field. They went to replay. I mean, first instinct, you look at it, his foot's out of bounds. Just clearly, it's For out sure. of bounds. And the big sky can go through it. So I'm showing you a picture right here. This is the this is the side judge's angle at this, and, it, and he's the one who made the call, right? Correct. And at that point, with the picture that you're seeing, the biggest thing is when did he have possession? Right. right? Totally. And when he when it came into his bread basket, it looked like the foot was out of bounds. I, I agree. To me, and, I agree. And the Big Sky Conference is going to lean on it, much like they did the previous yep. week against Idaho, that they didn't have the correct camera angle to 100% overturn it. I get it. I mean, they can lean on that as an excuse, but my goodness, anybody that watched that is out of bounds. We're going to come back to this, but would you agree with me on this? I, I thought it was out of bounds as well. We're going to get into why you can't just put everything on one call because if everything comes down to one call, you've already lost the game. That's my opinion. But more than that, would you agree with this? The side judge called him in. So therefore, you needed definitive evidence to overturn. If the side judge would have called him out, I also think he would have been ruled out. Agree. I think whatever was called on the field was going to stand because they can lean on, oh, they didn't have the right camera angle. We just got to leave it how it is because it wasn't 100%. Yep. That's why this replay stuff is so messy and so muddy, especially when you're on TV and the higher level of TV you're on, the different it's going to be because the different camera angles they have or don't have. Which, to me, you're right on that, which is crazy because they had extra camera angles because the game was on ESPN2. Right. And it's, they're still going to lean on But then on the that. replay can't use those, right? Right. The replay has different – it's just – the replay process in this league is just not up to par. And that's the thing. And that's the last thing I'll leave with on the officials. We're going to come back to this in a little while. I thought the the Grizzly game was poorly officiated. I thought there were several calls that went in, in Montana's uh, disadvantage. I thought those had a huge influence in the game. I also thought I watched two other Big Sky Cowards football games this weekend with terrible officiating. And I think that the officiating has, by and large, been subpar for the last two years in the Big Sky Conference. Therefore, then... Again, it's one of the factors. I'm not saying it's not a factor. You have to overcome all of the factors, though. And we're going to get into that, though, with our three big things next on the Montana Football Hour. It's presented in part by Stockman Bank. When you bank with Stockman, you receive personalized customer service, and your phone call is always answered by a live person. This is so true. I can't tell you. Riley and I both travel a bunch. Sometimes, you know, you get flagged because you're you know, somewhere where you have never been before. You can call them. Boom. Card reactivated. So easy. Uh, they have high, a highly skilled and personable bank staff dedicated to making it easy for you to transfer your accounts and meeting overall your financial needs, blending traditional Western values with modern conveniences and state-of-the-art technology. Stockman Bank wants to show you Montana's brand of banking. Three big things about the, the Grizzlies. Three big things about the Bobcats. More on October 22nd, the day we looked forward to for so long. Right after this. Keep it right here. The one is now ESPN Radio. 
College Athletics is a fundamental part of the fabric of our communities in Montana, and it's the stories of these young men and women that drive our passion at Skyline Sports. Coulter Nuwana is here. In 2015, my brother Brooks and I founded SkylineSportsMT.com. As a lifelong athlete, Brooks has an elite knowledge of football with a deep perspective with his time spent playing safety for the Montana Grizz football team, while I won a collection of sports writing awards, including 2010 Washington Sports Writer of the Year during my time in newspapers. Together, we can offer you the best sports journalism in the state with crisp writing, unbiased reporting, cutting-edge photography, and a grassroots feel that belies the corporate takeover of modern media this day and age. As Montana natives, we have a deep historical knowledge of the fiercest rivalry in the West. We share a combined 22 years experience involved in the Big Sky Conference. That experience gives us unparalleled knowledge of Montana, Montana State, and Big Sky Conference athletics. If you'd like to experience this with us, visit SkylineSportsMT.com and subscribe for only $8 a month or $90 a year. SkylineSportsMT.com. Every day, every season. ESPN Radio. Man, it's been a lot of miles on the car, but gotta say, thanks to Town Pump for getting us from here to there. Town Pump by the mile will be giving you opportunity to win a Town Pump gift card uh, later on this week. But appreciate Town Pump for their continued support of us traveling all over the Big Sky Conference, headed down I-15 this upcoming weekend at the Cover Montana at Weber State. The Bobcats, I have a bye. Welcome back, Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television and the ESPN MT app. Coming to you from the ESPN MT studio here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. And this is the Montana Football Hour. It's presented in part by the Advocates. The Advocates always has free consultations. They'll defer uh, medical bills. Chat online today at MontanaAdvocates.com. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Your Big Sky scoreboard, by the way, from over the weekend Montana loses an overtime 31-24 to Sacramento State. That was the uh, second-ranked Hordens beating the seventh-ranked Grizzlies. Number three, Montana State beats Weber State 43-38. Idaho races races past uh, Portland State 56-21. NAU uh, beats up on Idaho State 24-10. UC Davis, who uh, don't put a fork in them yet. We'll get to that here in about 20 minutes. But Davis stays alive a little bit with a 58-10 win over Northern Colorado. Uh, Eastern Washington beats Cal Poly uh, 17-0. We are highly focused on this Montana-Montana State game. We'll have our three big things about the Grizz and the Cats uh, here in just a hot minute. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz in studio with us. Um, crazy that UC Davis is kind of still hanging. They are, and, and it, I'm going to pose an interesting question to you. Is there a chance this year, with the Valley being down, in a perfect world? Now, again, Davis has to win out. Can six Big Sky teams get in? Maybe. I mean, if Idaho is 7-4 and four, and their four losses are to Indiana, Washington State, Sacramento State, and UC Davis, and UC yep. Davis is 7-4, and four, yep. winning out and beating Idaho and yeah. Sac State, and the other four teams go 8-3 and three or better, who are you leaving out? Man, it's best win. I think, I, think, I think it would come down to how well Montana finished. Well, what, what, 8-3, 9-2, if what, Montana's 8-3 or 9-2. Yeah, because yeah, then I think that Idaho would have the, okay. be, the better win because winning at Montana. But I don't UC know, Davis would have a win over Sac State that's in this right. situation. Uh, yes, I, I, in the Cosmic Classic, that's right. I always forget. That's like an actual very yeah. relevant rivalry. Let, let me give days. you the easy answer. Six will get in if yeah. that circumstance happens. Well, that's, uh, we'll come back to that here in about <laughs> uh, 15 minutes. Uh, let's go three big things about the Grizzlies, three big things about the Bobcats. We'll go back and forth. Uh, number one big thing about the Bobcats uh, game, or excuse me, the Grizz game. Uh, certainly, I agree. The officiating was subpar. It was poor. I thought there was multiple calls that were not good. Uh, but this is an overarching, omnipresent conversation. I mean, I'm compiling a folder on my laptop uh, for my photographers of pictures of guys getting held. There has not been a holding call on one of the pictures that I have. And I think there's 17 pictures in that folder. I mean, I got three pictures of Patrick O'Connell getting his jersey ripped off. I got pictures of Brody Greeby basically getting chokeholded coming off the edge. So what I'm saying is the officiating is very poor, and I thought that that had a huge influence in Montana's 31-24 loss to Sacramento State. But I also think you got to do better in other ways. You can't get caught, isolated, in man coverage and give up a 45-yard touchdown to Pierre Williams. Regardless if it's bad luck or misfortune, you can't let the onside kick go off your face and let Sac State recover it. You can't get multiple kicks blocked. There's all sorts of things that go into this. The officiating is a huge deal, but it's a huge issue for every single team in the Big Sky Conference. Those four plays, to me, I I would key on that a lot more, and I'd throw in a fifth with Lucas Johnson, the targeting call. Those five plays define the game more 
than the non-call with three minutes left to go. And that's from a Grizz guy maybe looking at it through maroon-colored glasses at times. You you can't let those things happen, right? You can't blame that on a win or a loss. To me, the block kicks, I mean, this is bizarre. At this point in the year, there's clearly a problem on the right side of your line on on field goals. Either fix that, two onside kicks in a row, that hurts. All yeah. of those plays are huge factors. Especially because, uh, one, uh, Bobby Houck acknowledged in today's press conference on Monday, I, I'll have it up on SkylineSportsMT.com here after a little while, uh, he did acknowledge that the uh, the field goal block issue is a, is a systematic and very defined one. He said, we're just we're not getting the kickoff fast enough. We've got to have a, a faster operation time. It's got to be better. Straight up, got to be better. Uh, on the, uh, the officiating note as well, though, the 4th and 26 came with about four and a half minutes to go. Sac State scored to tie the game with 3.39 to go. And so, again, it, it alters the momentum hugely, and it's an enormously impactful play in the game. But Montana still had the ball after that. I thought it was perplexing that the Grizz decided to not take the ball uh, in overtime. They let Sac State have it, and Sac State had clearly gotten it rolling by that point. They had the play count up. They're starting to play faster. They're starting to get more gas plays. And then when the Montana got the ball, I mean – Three shots to the end zone? I don't know, man. You're running the ball well. You ran the ball 200 yards plus. I uh, I don't know. I think there was a lot of missed opportunities in the game. The officiating was certainly subpar. It was subpar across the league. There wasn't a, a statement made by Tom Wistersill today yeah. in response and exactly what you'd expect. The official who was in correct position made a judgment call. Replay official reviewed it and couldn't find indisputable evidence to overturn it. Play stance is called. Wish we had 17 camera angles, but we don't. Well, now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It is presented in part by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank has 36 locations around the state of Montana. They're in Montana, only Montana, and they plan on keeping it that way. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, uh, in studio with us here uh, on Nuanas now. All right, our first big thing about the Cats. Many thought that uh, Sean Chambers was the man under center for the Bobcats moving forward. Tommy Mallott comes back and unseats Sean Chambers, although he did play quite a bit against Northern Colorado last week. Then Chambers out this week. So it's Tommy Mallott's show all day. And uh, Mallott, he, coming out of UC Davis, everybody's like, how do you not play Sean Chambers? That guy's National Player of the Week. Well, coming out of now... Uh, the 43-38 win for the Cats over Weber State. People say, well, how can you not play touchdown Tommy? He rushed for 275 yards and three scores. Uh, so at, at back and forth we go, but it doesn't really matter who's playing quarterback for the Cats. Their offense is rolling. Uh, to the way they run the ball is so impressive. I mean, for, so impressive, for someone man. that has – and I watched the full game there, and I've watched bits and pieces, right? Yeah. But to see their blocking schemes and to see it doesn't matter if O-linemen are out I mean, or they not. Had, they had their whole right side – their whole starting right side of the offensive line went out for the season, and they didn't miss a beat. They rushed for 375 yards against one of the best defenses in the country. There was one of Tommy's long touchdowns where I watched the clip back. Every single player – nailed their block yep. perfectly, perfectly to get him in. And it, it's just a byproduct of their system. Obviously, they've got it rolling. To, Weber State, in six games, allowed about 520 rushing yards total. And in one game, Montana State ran for 350 on them. If you can run for 350 on Weber State, and a couple years ago, we all know that game in 2019 in Bozeman, they ran for 350 on Montana's D as well. Those are prolific rush defenses in the FCS and the Cats just torch them so they've got their system they're rolling now they have a bye week and two manageable games before the big one Cats 5-0 and in Big Sky Conference play 7-1 overall uh, Weber State that's their first loss they dropped to 3-1 uh, th- and one? Are they, they've only played they played one less game now tell me this and they're 6-1 overall they play Montana and yep. they host Montana and Sacramento State the next two yep. weeks those two games are going to be fascinating. That's what's so crazy is there's all sorts of Grizz fans screaming and yelling and saying, what happens if we lose three straight? Well, Weber State might be the one that loses three straight. There's a lot to be determined here. I mean, Idaho could go beat Sac State, too. I mean, the round robin could get crazy. We might have, like, four Big Sky teams sitting at eight and three by the time the dust settles. I think so. The results of the next two weeks are going to set up the final week. And we'll, we'll get into all that here in the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, second big thing about the Cats they're ailing, and there's a lot of things that are ailing this uh, Grizz football team. 
and I think a lack of offensive diversity and creativity. I actually think here's the thing. I actually think they run too much stuff on offense, and I think that they have a hard time defining what their identity is, and that also doesn't get any easier if Lucas Johnson can't go. The Grizz offense looked great against inferior opponents. Whatever happened to them in Holt Arena, they just haven't really had much tempo. Uh, they haven't really had much cohesiveness. They haven't really had much of anything. Well, it's interesting you say tempo because just to me, without true numbers to back it up, they seem to be better when they go quickly, right? right? And when they slow things down, it seems that it's almost in slow motion, that the offense moves that way. Yeah. They're better when they're just rolling and letting their playmakers go, quick throws out. And, I mean, there's a reason. Over 70% of their scoring drives this year have been under three minutes. Yeah. It means when they're going quick and... I agree. It seems at times there's an identity crisis offensively, whether it's one I, week the RPO, whether one week it's the passing game, and then last week it was let's pound the ball. I there's so many different ways to operate as a football team. And I know in college football, it's way more system-based and way less matchup-based. But if I'm the Grizz, if I'm wa- right now I'm watching the Grizz, and they're just not isolating and utilizing their best athletes as a, a, as high of a, a percentage as they should. Who I'm, would you say the top three playmakers are that need to get the ball? Uh, Cole Grossman needs to get the ball more. Junior Bergen, I know him getting get knocked out of this game against Sac State was a huge deal as well. Uh, Lucas Johnson's injury, Junior Bergen's injury, those are the two biggest ones for sure. I think Aaron Foss needs to get the ball more too, man. I mean, if I was, I, I would have a, I would have the personnel grouping that includes Xavier Harris at running back. Aaron Fonts, Junior Bergen, and Cole Grossman in trips. I would run something like that as often as I possibly could. Flood the wide side of the field, let your athletes make plays. Cole Grossman has three catches in his last two games, and Junior Bergen has seven catches in the last five games. Man, I mean, that's just criminal, man. If I have Junior Bergen, I'm giving him the ball 20 times per game. I mean, he is like one of the best playmakers in the conference, and it's very clear watching him. I mean, when you watch this level of football, the guys that are truly next-level players that could like easily play in the FBS, they stand out right away. I think Junior Bergen's that type of guy. Junior Bergen's re- like the starting part returner for every team in the West on the West Coast, right? I mean, maybe not Oregon, but like he is up there. Junior Bergen is certainly he would be worthy of touching the football at most places out West, and I think it's just a crime that they don't give him the ball more. Second big thing about the Cats, and we're probably this will probably trickle in to the next segment as well. They just keep on winning, and I was thinking about this. I was trying to think of, you know, Brent Vegan is now 12-1 and one against Big Sky Conference competition. He's entering Troy Taylor. I mean, he's 19-2 and two against FCS teams since taking over at Montana State. His two losses, in Missoula to the Grizz and in Frisco, Texas to North Dakota State. That's it. I was also thinking, though, there's only been a couple of those games where the Cats just played great from start to finish. They just find so many ways to win. One, if you can run the ball like they have been able to the last two years, it takes care of a lot of your problems. Two, when you're as good on defense as they were a year ago, takes care of some problems. But this year, I mean, their their uh, nail-biter wins against Eastern Washington and Weber State, they didn't play well. They didn't play well, and they won still. So they just keep on finding ways to win. I think that's a huge thing for the Cats, and that's why they're sitting here at 5-0 and in league play. And, and rather than nitpick what they don't do well, let's appreciate what they do do that's well. Right. Because I mean, programs like that that are churning out wins, I mean, rather than thinking about what went against them, they just continue to win. And again, a lot of people can go to the schedule and the breaks and all of it, but hey... You're talking about good first-class problems when you're winning, and the Cats are set up right now for a Big Sky Conference title. They're set up for home games and the rest of the playoffs. Let's just say this. They are the team that's in control of their own destiny. They win their final three games. They won't have to leave Bozeman, and they'll have an outright conference title. The Advocates offer free consultations to discuss your case, and you don't have to pay a dime until they win your case. The Advocates know it's scary. Give them a call so they can help you. 406-640-4444. You deserve an advocate third big thing about the Grizz I think now with this one of the the key points to their season is here's the reality of the situation I thought Montana based on their preseason expectations expected to be a double digit win team in the regular season they're not that now they've now lost two games that's not in in the realm of possibilities now but a nine and two Grizz team with a, a pair of road wins at Weber State and Montana State, that's a top-four seed. They don't have the signature win on their schedule yet. They have two games that could be signature wins. Still, though, the Grizz, there's a real situation where Lucas Johnson doesn't play on Saturday and the Grizz go to Weber State and lose. 
I still think this is a team that could make the playoffs. And so that's why my third big thing about the Grizz is they got to figure out how to deal with all the noise that's coming their way. They're going to have nothing but noise for the next month of this season, the final month of the regular season. How do they handle it? Well, I think the realm of possibilities for Montana, I'm glad you said it first, because to me this year, it really feels like for someone that follows all of the FCS, is that the top four seeds are going to be the top two in the Missouri Valley and the top two in the Big Sky. Now, for Montana, there is a path to be the second best team in the Big Sky Conference. That means you win out. out. You'll beat Weber on the road and you beat Montana State on the road in that situation. And I agree. They would be all the way up to number four seed and have home games all the way until the semifinals. There's also a possibility, Coulter, that if they don't win either of their two remaining road games, that at seven and four, there's a legitimate conversation if they should even be in the playoffs because there would not be a signature win. So the realm of possibility for Montana is wide ranging with four games left to go in their season. And I agree with you this week, more than anything else, it's tunnel vision, have to get a win. The brutal stretch of the schedule takes a little bit of a break against Cal Poly where they maybe can take a breath for the stretch run. This game I don't want to be too dramatic, but this game has everything left that Montana wants to play for. They can still accomplish it, but they got to win this week. Third big thing about the Cats, you couldn't really ask for much more if you're Montana State going in your bye. You're undefeated in league play. You bounce back in impressive fashion after getting drilled by Oregon State. And now you're in the driver's seat once again, second year in a row, under head coach Brent Vegan. We'll take a look at around the rest of the big sky and discuss potential scenarios with the remaining schedule for this last month of the regular season. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, with me, Coulter Nuanas. This is the Montana Football Hour here on Nuanas Now. Keep it right here. It's ESPN Radio. Bobcat fans, support both your favorite team and Montana State students. When you shop at the student and faculty-owned MSU Bookstore, your purchase lowers the price of course materials for Montana State students. Montana State is in the midst of a historic year, and the MSU Bookstore has everything you need, from jerseys to garments, t-shirts to sweatshirts. You can also find the vast selection of Bobcat gear online by visiting msubookstore.org. Help students excel and look your best in blue and gold. The MSU Bookstore is your Bobcat gear headquarters. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Grizz are on the road. Cats got a buy. Ton of NFL on the TV. Should swing by the Silver Slipper. They got drink specials every day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team. At the Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. Come check them out. Uh, right across the street from Walmart on Brooks, the Silver Slipper, one of Montana's best-kept secrets. Coulter Nuanas, Riley Corcoran, rolling here on the Montana Football Hour. This is Nuanas Now uh, here on ESPN Radio. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We do this the first hour of each Monday show, talking all the way around the state of Montana, the Big Sky Conference, and college football uh, as a whole. Um, Let's look at the remaining schedules here. So, by the way, for those that missed out on the uh, Big Sky scoreboard earlier, Grizz lost in overtime to Sac State. Cats beat Weber State uh, in a wild one. Idaho State drills Portland State to remain undefeated in Big Sky play. NAU beats Idaho State. UC Davis hanging by a thread, but they stay alive against Northern Colorado. Eastern Washington uh, beats Cal Poly. So, basically, the, uh, the contenders here, and Davis could be right there in that sixth slot, but Sac, Weber, Idaho, Grizz, Cats are all contending. Uh, of those teams, the Cats are off this week, but you have Montana playing at Weber State. Uh, SAC is playing Idaho, and then Weber State and SAC meet next week. SAC still has to play UC Davis as well. Idaho still has this weekend's game against SAC State as well as UC Davis. Montana, of course, has Weber and Montana State. The Cats only have the Grizz among those top teams, and Weber. They have Montana and then Sac State. So sort of a defined pecking order of the difficulty of the remainder of this schedule. How, how much does it delegitimize a Big Sky title, the fact you don't have a true round robin? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, it's it's nuts, especially when you have – this is the dream. You have four elite teams, right. maybe five. If you want to put Idaho in there, five of the top 12 to 15 teams in the yeah, country. Yeah. And yet there's no defined – it's, Again, that, it's that's, just it's, it's just silly. It's I mean the cats have actually have some. I always like to look at look at it like this too because the 
the win, the time you get it, is always better than the win by the end of the year if that team then doesn't live up to expectations. Like the UC Davis win was a good win, and it might not look as good down the stretch. Regardless, though, just the fact the Cats don't play Idaho, period, regardless of a round robin or anything. Or Sacramento it, State. It's just, yeah, it's just dumb. It's Idaho just doesn't dumb. play Weber State. Again, I, I digress yeah. from all of that and just say with the conference race, to me, there's only three teams left. It's it's Idaho, Sacramento State, and Montana State. What if Weber State just won out? Okay, now if Weber State wins out, that that's one thing. Yeah. And so so four, but I, two losses knocks you out of it, in my opinion, because yeah. someone with the way the Cats schedule. Well, and I guess Weber Weber would have to. They would get to seven and one, and they'd be tied with the Cats, and the Cats would get it. So Weber, you're right. Weber's likely out, even if they did win out. They, they're not out of the playoff race by any means. I think they're absolutely a playoff team. But to me, there's three teams that have a chance. Idaho's playing Sacramento State this week. Those are two of the three un- remaining unbeaten, but Montana State has the path. They're unbeaten. They play at NAU, at Cal Poly before hosting Montana on the way out the door. So, from the conference race, that's one thing. From a seeding race, Coulter, I still think that you have all five of these teams that see a path to a seed. Um, and, and as far as the playoff picture, we hinted at it about 20 minutes ago. I absolutely think there's a scenario out there where six Big Sky teams could get in. Now, you see Dave Davis, on the way out, they play Cal Poly, Idaho State. They're going to win the next two games. Puts them five and four. If they go on the road and beat Idaho and then beat Sacramento State, they absolutely deserve to be in. Idaho at seven and four to me is in as well. So it'll be interesting to see if all these quote-unquote predicted results happen, but there's just so much on the line for for all of these teams. It'll create for some great theater for us to talk about, but uh, this week there's two games to follow. Idaho, Sac State, Montana, Weber State. From there, then We've got the big one, Sac State at Weber State, the following week. It's going to be really, really fun. There's all sorts of different ways this could go. I mean, there's so many ways that teams could be all of a sudden reeling. I mean, what if Sac State loses two in a row? Then all of a sudden, they're in the spot that Montana's in right now. All I'm saying is that's why I think that ignoring the noise is so key because, you know, that's where the cliches of football and football head coaching come in to play as being true. You got to control what you can control. The, every single week, you can alter the narrative of your season. Idaho altered the narrative of their season. They went from like maybe a playoff bubble team to now like securely in the playoff race by winning in Missoula. Just like Montana could completely alter their deal by going to Weber State and get a win. Weber though could completely alter their deal by bouncing back after a heartbreaking, you know, completely nonsensical loss in Bozeman. The reason why it feels so bad for Grizz fans out there, it is going to be 27 days between wins when they kick off on Saturday against Weber State. Wild. The bye week and two losses afterwards. So, again, you're right. The narrative can flip in one week, and we've got a wild race coming. I said it multiple times Saturday night. Buckle up your seatbelts because the the next month or so is going to be really fun for us to watch. Riley Corgan, voice of the Grizz. The Montana Football Hour presented in part by Blackfoot Communications. They help bring this guy in studio uh, with us every Monday for the first hour of the show. Uh, inside the Den back next week, right? Uh, coaches show this week? Coaches show this Wednesday. week. Wednesday night at Finn at 6.30. Okay, so that'll be fun. Uh, maybe you can negotiate you know, a little format change. Do 45 minutes on the upcoming game, not 45 minutes on the pa- I, I mean, this I, guy I, does not get paid enough. I'm telling you, <laughs> he doesn't get paid enough to come here. He doesn't get paid enough to do that. Uh, that's all I'll say. Uh, go check out Riley and Bobby Howe at the Coaches Show uh, Wednesday night at Finn at uh, 6.30. Uh, the Montana Football Hour also presented by the Advocates. You can chat 24-7 online at MontanaAdvocates.com. And it's also presented by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate you, my man. Hey, ask Coach Marty if the college game is more fun to watch than the NFL oh, and why. Oh, man, the NFL is in a – Unless you really like just knock down, drag out slobber knockers and a whole bunch of bad quarterback play, NFL is in a weird spot. What happens when quarterbacks get washed, though? We'll ask the man, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty Mornoweg. Right after this, keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. I am here with Catherine Delans of the Advocates. If you've been listening to ESPN Radio, you're familiar and you know if you've been in an accident, the Advocates can surely help you. There's a lot of people out there that don't slow down for road conditions that are driving recklessly or carelessly, and we want to protect the people that have been injured because of those drivers' actions. You deserve an advocate. The advocates will deal with the insurance company and defer medical bills. So all you need to do is rest and get better. The advocates will handle the overwhelming legal stress of your accident because you didn't deserve to be in an accident. Chat directly with a local attorney online at MontanaAdvocates.com.